That's right, there's no God like Jehovah. God bless you. Look at somebody around you. Say, it's my time to hear. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. All right. We've been, ta- we've been talking. In the- yeah, sometimes people go to church and they want to talk and they don't know that some folk come to listen. Yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, right, right. And some folk ain't like me, they're quiet. I just look at this person and say, us. Yeah, right. Here's what we've been talking about. Uh, we've been talking about editing yourself. Everybody say that, editing ourselves. And let me tell you why so much confusion and chaos go on in individuals. It's because we are afraid to edit ourselves. And remember the last time we talked about uh, in, in making inventory. When you edit yourself, what you're doing is you're looking for the faults in yourself. Isn't that right? This is why, see, here's, here's what happens too much when we don't edit ourselves. Uh, how many married couples in there? Uh, married couples, all good. What happens is when you start pointing your finger at each other, that means the other, everybody's saying that they nothing wrong with them. You know, so if I point at Sister Gwen, she's my problem, she's pointing at me, then that means that we are satisfied, that we are satisfied with, that we, okay, so somebody's talking back to me, that we are satisfied with uh, uh, who we are. And you should never be satisfied with who you are. And see, when parents are satisfied with who they are, then children get satisfied with who they are, right? And so when, when we, we, we over here at Christ Temple North about being better, Better, better. God women, God men, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, children. We're about being students. We're about being better. Isn't that right? When any situation or circumstance comes up in your life, you need to edit yourself and find out what you could have done to make that situation better. And, and if you're really living good, you'll find out sometimes you've done everything you could to make it better. But until you do that. So uh, we're going to deal with that. And then remember last week, I think we dealt with we are tarly entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of our character. There, you see, we want God to move. Because see, character is who you are in the dark. Character is who you are when nobody sees you. Character is what you're thinking when you're not speaking it. You see, so we want God to fix that, right? And so that's what we talked about last week. And this week, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to get off these, but every week seems like I'm right on back to the seven steps here. So, and that's okay, right? This week we're talking about we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. We humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Do you know what happens uh, in life? What you bring, let's do it this way. Can we do it this way? Where's Kim at? She always looks at me and gives me, gives me and says, get him, Johnny. So, uh, Pastor. So, I, you know, see, sometimes I tell people that when they get married, they think they have married problems. You ain't got no marriage problem. You brought that shortcoming into marriage. Amen. Come on. Yeah. yeah, you brought that with you. Right. Come on here. You know, say amen to that. You see, so sometimes that's right. So, uh, you know, I have to do marriage counseling sometimes. And I want to tell some of those people when I'm doing marriage counseling is no, 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 no. She ain't the problem here. Oh, he ain't the problem here. You brought that with you. Isn't that right? That's just like an attitude. You can bring that attitude to where? The church with you so you ain't gonna hear nothing right you understand what I'm saying and so what we <laughs> yeah and sometimes a shortcoming doesn't necessarily have to be a sin That's right. well it can be a default in your character right doesn't that make sense don't we all want to be better yes. you see so we humbly ask God to remove some for some of us are we ready for humble yet yeah, yes or no no we can all right, we ready 
So when we say we're humbly ready, because I want to make sure everybody understands that. Sometimes you got to get off your high horse. Remember they used to say that years ago? And come on down and deal with reality, all right? And to be humbly means not proud, because you know what proud means. How many, uh, come on, man, help me out, man. When I say amen, I say, proud means sometimes when I ain't got nothing to say. I'm the man of the house. <laughs> so y'all got set up for that, didn't you? Didn't know you was getting set up for that, <laughs> right? Right? Proud means I'll make more money than you make, right? But, you know, that's it. So something, hey, that's what that is. And so we have to get rid of that spirit. And halty, you know what halty is. Some people's nose is so up front of the air that they can't see where they're walking. <laughs> and when you, when you, and, and that's why they walk into stuff. I said stuff. I said stuff. Yeah, they, they got their nose up like this here. And don't tell them what they're going to walk into. Come on, help me, sister. Isn't that right? So halty is that. And you know what arrogant is. You can't be arrogant. That's a, that arrogant is, is, is a shortcoming to some folks. I'm trying to help the families live better. See, we ain't, no, we ain't trying to do theology here. Go home and get you a big Bible or something that tells you all that stuff. I'm trying to tell you how to stay married. I'm trying to tell you how to stay brothers and sisters in Christ, to have good homes, get all that confusion, and get all that chaos out of your households. And, and, and see, that's what we're trying to do here. And that's why we can't do that being proud and haughty and arrogant. Uh, not having, showing a feeling of superiority. You don't have to be superior. Your wife knows you the husband. You ain't got a mind to have it. Your husband knows you make more money than he does. Uh-uh. Now come on here. Come on here. That's what you see. Come on. We're going to deal with the truth over here. Feelings. We ain't got to do that. Right? And so we got, to, we got to come down sometime because these things mess up relationships. And God put us here to have relationships. You know how I know that? When you go right to the Bible, you start off at Genesis. Oh, he, told, he said man must not what? It is not good for man to live alone. And I say that man was made incomplete with the capacity to be complete, and that's called a wife and family. Come on, that's good stuff. I ought to be a pastor. You know that? Yeah, that's real good. So, uh, so here's what we're doing here. But, we do, but your shortcomings can destroy that. Your shortcomings can destroy a marriage. It can destroy a relationship, whether it be on a friend, a job, or siblings. It can, it can do that. So what we, we're not, we want to brave, be brave enough to be able to uh, ask God to, to fix those shortcomings. You can take me wherever you want to go because you've got the paper. All right, and so we just know what shortcomings are. All right, we'll go with shortcomings then, right? A fault or failure to meet a certain standard, typically in a person's character. So, so it, it means that I can have a, a, a fault or failure that causes me not to, com- to, to, to uh, meet the standard of being a husband. That's right. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, you can, uh, or being a wife or being a mother, or being a father. Do you understand? In a person's character. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and ask God in the spiritual mirror, what is in my character? What are the shortcomings in my character that's causing me to fail in these areas, right? These, these, these things are, are, are shortcomings, right? And let me tell you, if you're not careful, you'll, 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 you'll bite into this. I mean, you'll, you'll bite into that shortcoming, and then you'll think that everybody else around you is wrong. You have 10,000 soldiers marching, 999 all step, and you're the only one in step. You understand what I'm saying? Now, don't you, don't you all want strong relationships, strong marriages, strong families? Well, you better check out and see what shortcomings is in there. Here's the problem. Everybody look at me. The problem is that a lot of couples can't 
talk about this because it ends up into an argument because somebody's going to try to be superior. You see, when Sister Gwen may say something, that's my wife of you visitors, Sister First Lady may say something uh, that, that, that I might disagree with, but it's more important to me to figure out why she's saying it. If I might find out why she's saying it, then maybe I, I'm the one that's wrong. Is that right? Because sometimes, whether we like it or not, God puts people in our lives to reveal to us our shortcomings. You see, we all got them, but we want to get rid of them. Doesn't that, that make sense? All right, here we go. And it also tells us in 1 John 1 and 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, if you say that you don't have any sin in your life, you're a liar. That's what the Bible said, not me saying. So don't get mad at the messenger. You see, we all have sin and we need to look at those sins and we need to figure this stuff out. Does that make sense? Have you ever got, uh, uh, felt uncomfortable in church? You know, because your demons have kind of got you moving around a little bit. Don't get mad at me. Every one of you in here got some sin in your life, some shortcomings, including me, we need to work on. Come on, say amen to that. Amen. All right, that's why we come to church. That's why we, we come here. The Bible t- didn't tell us to be good. How do you spell good? How do you spell good? The Bible never tell us to spell, I mean, to be good. Take one of the O's out. Spell it. So the Bible didn't tell us to be good-like. It tells us to be God-like. Isn't that right? So we are supposed to be, we created an image of who? So we're supposed to be God-like. So God doesn't want me to be a, a good husband. He wants me to be a God-like husband. Isn't that right? He doesn't want me to be a good man. He wants me to be a God man. And to be that, I have to get all these shortcomings out of my life. That's for women too and men too. Is that right? That's right. Okay, here we go. In Romans 3, verse 23 from 24 from the voice. You see, all have sinned. You see, we, you see all have sinned. One, this is what gets men in trouble. This is what gets men in trouble. They want to look at the sins of people to go to church, so it gives them an excuse to say the hypocrites are there. Mm-hmm. Well, you ought to want to go with somebody like you. That's right. That's right. Come on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I ain't going to church. All they want is my money. We take that excuse out of you in here because we don't take up an offering. We make this on your own free will to get back there. We don't want to go to church because I see, uh, I see you, know, you see people just like you, right? So, so you're a sinner. You ought to go to church, right? You ain't never, how many of you been in the hospital before visiting somebody been there for, right? Amen. Yeah. You ain't never said that in the hospital. We want all sick people to leave the building. Right. Huh? Well, you don't see a church where you say we want all sinners to leave the building. Right. You see? I would be the first one out because I got security. <laughs> We'd all have to get up and get up out of here. Isn't that right? So once you fi- understand that and you fix that, then you're excited about working on that to get your life to better. To get to better. All right? Let's keep going. So again, all have sinned and all their futile attempts to reach God and his glory fail. Yeah, you can't reach God. We can't do it. All have sinned. All right? All have sinned. Now, there ain't nothing on the other side of all. All have sinned. So when somebody tells you to go to church and they got, well, I'm not going to church. They got a bunch of this. They got a bunch of that. And they say, you should tell them that's the very place you ought to be because you'll probably find somebody you recognize that's got the same issue you got. Come on. Right? Because all of us in this together. 
in this right? There ain't no holy us than thou. No little use and big eyes, no big eyes and little use in the church. The Bible says we've all sinned. Right. And so I'm comfortable in church. You, you understand? I get very comfortable in church because I got friends in church. And I got soulmates in church. A soulmate is somebody that does the same thing you do, think like you think. You understand? But we're growing and we're striving to get past these things because we are not afraid to be challenged to get rid of our foot. Shortcomings. All right. And it's amazing in here. Everybody look at me. It's amazing to hear me that there will be relationships broke up in here and you've done heard this message. Because somebody's not going to listen. You see, you know, see, I need to be the mayor of one of these cities when they have a hurricane. When I tell you to get up out of there, you better get up out of there. Right? Because I ain't sending nobody down there to get you because you didn't get up out of there. Oh, yeah. They would say, Mayor Johnny Fields is saying, y'all better get up out of there because if that flood comes, ain't no boats coming. All right? Where the flood is in here. I'm trying to tell you, you will drown in your shortcomings if you don't get your marriage will drown in your shortcomings. Your relationships are down in your shortcomings unless you get, it, get to working on it and get them fixed. Right. Amen to that. Amen All right. That. Here we go. Verse 24. Yet they are now saved and set right by his free gift of grace. And so what I'm doing is I'm set free of that by God's what? God's grace. I need God to remove them. That's right. Brother Nathan, if I could remove them, I'd have never got there. Right? You ain't never seen well people going to the hospital. Right. I'm coming to church because I need God to help me to remove some stuff. Yes. Huh? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, see, some of you all laugh. I want to be a great husband. Ask me why. Because something might happen. I, wanna, I want my wife to say, well, you know, he was such a good husband. I'm not going to put him in a home. Huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And she's thinking the same way. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there's some folk ain't going to say that. Yeah, they're going to say you on your own. You say, I love you. See you next week. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because them shortcomings cause you to say some things and do some things. Come on here. That's going to cost you further on down the road. Now, let me tell you something. God will forgive you your sins, but he ain't never said that you don't suffer the consequences. Huh? Are y'all getting with me? Because I tell you all, your body. God will give you your sins, but who won't? Your body won't forgive you of your sins, right? That's why some people die, yes, premature because of their shortcomings, right? Going to heaven, but that kidney fell, that lung fell because of their lifestyle. Come on. Y'all can say amen to that. All right. So also saved and set right through the redemption available only in Jesus the See, anointed. The redemption, and, uh, no, said, make it, the redemption, the power only comes through Christ Jesus. There was some stuff that I carried with me from childhood that I couldn't remove. Now, somebody knows, some, some try to drink it away, come on. Some try to sniff it away. Amen. Some try to look it away. There's all kinds of different sensations that people try to deal with, right? But it don't go away because you can't move it. Sometimes even psychology can't help you 
because it's, listen to me very carefully, you ought to write it down. Some things are a spiritual disorder. Say that. Spiritual disorder. And if it's a spiritual disorder, only the Holy Spirit can fix that sickness. Do you understand? The Holy, the Holy Spirit doesn't deliver bodies. It delivers spirits and minds. All right? You, you good with me? All right. Now turn to Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. We're going to read it from the voice. He told another parable. This one addressed to people who were confident in their self-righteousness. So Jesus was talking. I love Jesus. When the way he talked, he talked in parables so that we could get a better understanding. He was going to, now see, when he talks about Pharisees and he talks about scribes and people, he's talking about church folks. This is church folks. Of course, not in here because you get called out. But this is church folks. Because we ain't got no, uh, surely we ain't, after all these messages you all don't hear, ain't no self-righteous folks sitting up in here. Because we all fall short of the glory of God in here. Amen? Amen. Uh, no little use, big eyes, big eyes, little use in here, right? We all trying, we asking God to work on us to clean up our lives. Isn't that right? right. We're not, we're not 100%, but we're striving for it, but we're not there yet, right? right. All right. So we good? Here we go. So with their self-righteousness and look down on other people with disgust. So, so he, Jesus is talking to these self-righteous Christians, because uh, it would be Christians today, because that's who we are today, who look down on other people with disgust. Yeah, there are people, you know, there are people that some of you all couldn't go in their church because they would look down on you to disgust. I want everybody to raise their hand. Every woman here has got pants on, raise their hand. Uh, y'all know better than wearing pants up in this church. We don't allow women to wear pants in the church. Because God's really concerned about what you're wearing and not who you are, huh? <laughs> Come on here. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, there's some that stopped y'all at the door. Isn't that right? She couldn't be up here. There's some churches, they don't allow women to come up in the, because this is holy ground. It got defiled as soon as I walked up here. <laughs> if this is holy ground, is this the best God can do? We all in trouble, isn't it? Right? There's some, yes, there's some places they couldn't come up here, you see, because we looking down. And what's amazing to me, they can get people to buy into that. All right. Now imagine Thank two you. men walking up a road. There's two men walking up a road. Two women walking up a road will do it either way. All right. Going to the temple to pray. They're going to the church to pray. One of them is a Pharisee. That would be a, a, a scholar in religious. So we'll say a religious person, a bishop or a pastor or a preacher or a deacon, somebody with a church title. Mm-hmm. All right. And the other is a despised tax collector. The other one was a despised tax collector. Let's do it this way. Somebody that didn't live up to the, you know, kind of a sinner type guy. We got, you know, kind of a sinner type guy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Once inside the temple. The Pharisee stands up and prays this prayer in honor of himself. Whoa, he's going to honor himself. <laughs> you, ever, you ever talk to one of those people? You know I go to church all the time. I'm in the Lord, and the Lord's in me. I'm tied up, wrapped up. Huh? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Cleansed with the fire and, sin, and free from sin. Right. All day. Uh, for, hey, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, all right, here we go. Let's, yeah, let's folk like that. Come on. So the Pharisee prays, God, how I thank you that I am not on the same level as other people. Whoa. Whoa. God, I wanna, I'm going to do this. I'm playing, God. 
I'm sure glad I ain't like them people to listen to me. <laughs> them, I'm, them sinners coming up in here. They got the nerve to come up in here full of sin. Up in here, hearing this sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, purified with the fire. Know everything. Righteous pastor. <laughs> Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Don't that sound crazy? Yeah. Right. So here we go, people. Here we go. This is what's going on in here. All right? He says, I'm not on the same level as crooks, cheaters, or the sexually uh, immoral, like this tax collector over here. Let me, let me, this can't be right. <laughs> Somebody's praying in church, telling God who they are. Right. Where's that at? Give me that. Verse 11. Verse 11. <laughs> let me say, crooks? Done, done a little that. Cheaters, done, done a little that. Sexually immoral, done, done a little that. I'm talking about me. Uh, I ain't never, the only thing I ain't done in there is collected taxes. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Huh? You understand what I'm saying? Come on here. He's calling us out. He's calling self-righteous Christians out. All right? He continues to say, just look at me. I fast not once, but twice a week, and I faithfully pay my tithes on every penny of income. They love to tell you, y'all can forget about that thing, it's all right. Your faith, yeah, that's too much. All right, let's, 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 let's understand this, all right? Let's understand this. This is what's got them in trouble, all right? This is what's got them in trouble. It's making it all about who? They're making it all about them, themselves, all right? Here we go. In verse 13, over in the corner... The tax collector begins to pray. Wait a minute. Here comes Johnny. For real. I'm not, now, this, this, this is Johnny for real. This is the only prayer I know how to pray. All right? He won't even lift his eyes to heaven. He pounds on his chest in sorrow and, and says. Crying and repenting and says. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Just as simple as that. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Just be merciful to me, a sinner. A beautiful prayer. That's all God wants to hear from you. He don't want to hear what you've done, how you've done it. He wants you to just be humble. Humble yourself. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Keep going. Now imagine these two men walking back down the road to their homes. Listen, it's the tax collector who walks home clean before God and not the Pharisee. Guess what? The one that got cleaned up this morning is the one that admitted who they really were. That's right. The one that thought he cleaned himself, his own self up, walked out the same way they came into church. Come on, say amen to that. That's right. You see what I'm talking about? Some things, Sister Cozy, I can't clean up. Only God can clean it up. Sometimes I need to shut up and just say, Lord, have mercy upon me. You see, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just using this as a parable, all right? Sometimes, come on, y'all, because we having fun? Sometimes it ain't, Lord, you know me, and I want you to. Here I am, a sinner. I ain't got to groan. I ain't got to moan. I ain't got to jump up and down. 
here's what you're getting, Lord. Here's what you're getting. You're getting an old wretched man like me. Who can deliver me from this sin of death? Thank God through Jesus Christ, my, par my Lord and Savior, that he's the only one that can cleanse me up. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? I ain't trying to fix nothing up. You can't talk yourself clean. You can't talk yourself righteous. Only God can clean you up. Only God can deliver you. David said, if you wash me, I'll be whiter than snow. Because God, God, David, of all people, knew how it was to be dirty. Right? But he knew who could cleanse him up. You see, so we need to get, get down here sometime. Let me tell you when you're powerful is when you're on your knees. You see? You want to get powerful? Get humble. All right? Oh, Lordy. And that's exactly what it tells us at the end of 14. Whoever lifts himself up will be put down. When you lift yourself up, sooner or later you're going to come right on back down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Come on, men. Say amen to that. Because it's the men that don't like to come to church because you've been at them other churches. Well, you're welcome to come to here because there ain't no little eyes and big U's over here starting from the pulpit all the way back. We all men in here trying to be God men. That's right. right. We don't make any excuses, do we? And sometimes we have to get it on the chin, but we men, we can take it on the chin. Isn't that right, men? Say amen to that, right? We trying to grow over here, right? You can't grow unless you got some place to grow to. That's good stuff. God, I'm going to say that again. That is ever so good. You can't grow unless you got some place to grow to. Isn't that right? And if you got a pastor that's already grown, he can't lead you. Right? Sometimes all you need to do, y'all men need to do, just grab on, grab over here because we go in the same direction. Yeah, I, you understand? The only difference between me, look at me, men. The only difference between me and you all, I have a gift and anointing to preach the gospel. Satan stops at my house. Do you understand what I'm saying? He talks to me. Do you understand how I'm, what I'm talking about? And sometimes, you know, I used to have that haughty, arrogant spirit because, you know, being an athlete, you got to have that anyway. But I, you're supposed to be on the field. But sometimes some of us wasn't smart enough and wise enough. He'd go home with us. Come on here. And it'd go to our jobs with us. You understand what I'm saying? But when the Holy Ghost comes in, I feel good about this. When the Holy Ghost comes in, he lets you know when, where, and how to be, what, and how to do. That's right. All right. That's right. All right. But you got to first of all, you got to humble yourself. You got to humble yourself before the Lord. Right. You got to get down sometimes. Right. You know, when you was in the clubs. Well. I'm going to get down. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, now I never went to a club to get down. I was down. I went to a club to get up. Right. But it couldn't. You know, yeah. Well, I got the blues. Well, I want to hear the blues. But anyway, so here's the key to the thing is when I get down here, he takes me up somewhere. But I can't get down here unless I humble myself. It's called humility. You got to have humility. Did I have that down there? Yes, you did. All right. Yes, humility is feeling from pride. So you got it. Wait a minute. Humility is what? Feeling from pride or arrogance, a state of being humble. You got to get out of there. Get out of that house of pride. Get out of that house of arrogance and get humble. And you do that by having humility. Right? Everybody knows somebody. Let me tell you, if you've been saved, it doesn't matter what your title is, you got saved from something. So if you've been saved from something, how can you look at somebody else that's still into something? You think of them and pray for them to get out of that saying something that you got your, God got you out of that something. Because right. uh, God takes nothing and makes something out of it. Ask me how I know. I'm your pastor. Right. All right. You see? All right. Now we'll read the commentary. Oh, I'm about through. Yeah. There you go. 
We're going to read the commentary here because I want you to get, we don't want anybody in here failing. You know, people fail are people who think they're there. Isn't that right? You got to keep working. No matter what your condition, your condition is in. Some of the great ones can get hurt in the first half, get carted off the field. Huh? So the great ones can do that, right? They bring them back in the second half and everybody thought the game's over. Huh? They come back and win the game, huh? Oh, that's Aaron Rodgers, right? That's that's what I'm talking about. Hey, you, sometimes some of you all think the game is over. You can't get back in there because they carted you off at the first half, but not anymore, right? You're going to go in there and get what you need, and you're going to come back. Here, you here now. You're getting ready for the second half of your life, and you're going to be a winner. Say amen to that. Amen to that. You see what I'm saying? We don't quit in this church. We take the blows in this church. We will never quit in this church. We are going to be God men, right? We're going to be God women, right? We're going to get it right, right? No matter what our first half is, God has given us a second half, and we're coming out with that second half, and we're going to win this thing. All right? We went in there at halftime, didn't we go in there at halftime? And we said, Lord, we got to go, we got another half. Remove the shortcomings. We went in with humility. We went in humble, and he removed the shortcomings. I can be a great husband. I can be a great father. I can be a great wife. I can be a great mother. I can be a great brother, sister, child. Huh? Come on. God removed all that. God has fixed all that. All right. The commentary tells us we can trust God to remove our shortcomings moment by moment. We can trust God to remove our shortcomings moment by moment. By moment, say that. I trust God to remove my shortcomings moment by moment. Amen. Here we go. But first, we must humble ourselves and to obey his word. We're going to obey God's word. You got God's word this morning. You really ready. You really ready. I'm glad you stepped up, Isaac. I'm about thinking I had 10 or 15 more minutes, and I'm sweating and carrying on up here. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going to have to go to the entry room, let them put some ice on me or something. Keep going. Uh, (laughs) It tells us that means having faith in Jesus Christ. That means having faith in Jesus Christ to make up for our weaknesses. Say that. I have faith in Jesus Christ. I have faith in Jesus Christ. To make up up for my weaknesses. weaknesses. I'm telling y'all, you can do this. Wherever you're weak at, he'll make you strong. You just got to humble yourself. Say, ain't nothing wrong with humbling yourself. You see, I'm just going to, somebody in here has not been the type of husband they should be. Get on your knees and say, I I repent of my weaknesses and God will make them strength. I guarantee you, whether your wife, husband, whatever it is. All right. And that is our weaknesses in both character and action. The weakness in my character and my actions. You can stop that today. God can remove those weaknesses, and sometimes he takes those weaknesses and makes them strengths. Do you understand? You want to do Psalms? Uh, yes, yeah. All right, Psalms 103. Well, I thought, didn't we miss a part there that says emotional? Yeah, oh, that's the Psalms. Yeah. It was a test. <laughs> All right, here we go. I almost, I'm telling you, I'm feeling so good up here, I might want to sing. <laughs> Leave it alone, Isaac. Leave it alone, Isaac. Isaac's back here doing this. Before <laughs> you said, Isaac, God may have ruined my, my weaknesses, but not the ears of the people to be hearing me say it. 
Uh, we have a good time? Yes. We're going to be better? Yes. We're going to be better? Yes. We're willing for the challenge. Isn't that right? And we know that God will remove our weaknesses of our character. He'll do that for us. Yes, he will. And our shortcomings. Here we go. This is good here. This is a Psalms 103, verse 1 and 2. Psalms 103, verse 1 and 2. You want, this is good stuff. All right? Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. That's my inner part. Come, praise the eternal with all that is in me. See, that's what we call praise and worship. Uh-huh. With all that was in me. There's a song they sang it. Bless the Lord. Yeah. That's right. All that is within me. Alright. My body. My body. My emotions. My emotions. My mind. My mind. And my will. And my will. I want God to bless me. And I want to praise God. Sometimes it's alright to praise him when you're really praising him. When the spirit is moving you to praise him for the goodness of the Lord. Your body, your emotions, and your mind. You want to praise him. Yes. Uh, all right. And every part of who I am. And every part of who I am. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. That's some good, good stuff there, right? That's some good stuff, all right? Oh, my soul, come praise the eternal. Oh, my soul, come and praise who? The eternal. All right. Sing a song from a grateful heart. Sing a song from a grateful heart. And God made that clear for us that he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So it doesn't matter if you can sing or not when you're by yourself. And when you're at home, <laughs> make a praise. For, uh, uh, right? All right. And lastly, sing and never forget all the good he has done. Sing. I mean, I will never forget all the good God has done. That's right. If he'll do it for me. He'll do it for you. Say right. amen. Give, give God a hand clap. Amen. The Isaacs on their way up. Give Pastor Fields a hand clap. Right. Amen. Huh? Ain't God good? I can do, I can do all, things all things through Christ, through Christ which strengthens me. Which I can do, I can do all, things all things through Christ, Christ which strengthens me. Which once again, I can do, I can do all, things all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Give God a hand clap.